Well, good morning. You made it. <laughs> I should say Happy New Year. How many of you made some New Year's resolutions? How many of you, your New Year's resolution was not to make any resolutions? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look at all that. That's hilarious. Well, uh, hopefully uh, we can make some resolutions uh, as we enter into the new year. Um, uh, and uh, I just want to say again, hey, uh, if you are a guest, hey, we're so glad you're here. Those of you watching online, I'm sure that's plenty of you today. We're glad that you are um, tuned in. <laughs> but I do want to say thank you uh, for making it out today and braving this, this cold weather church. Uh, it means a lot to me, the worship team, and the rest of the staff. Um, I, I do have an update for us uh, as well. Uh, many of you know we were in a uh, campaign, the Thrive Campaign, um, to, to raise $40,000 over and above uh, our regular giving um, so that we could enter into this year um, on good footing and continue just doing the ministry that God's called us to do. Um, we didn't hit 40000 um, because we hit 80000 okay? Can we just, woo! That makes your pastor want to go, woo! All right, can we just celebrate that? That's uh, fantastic, church. Just thank you. Thank you for your generosity. And not only that, we also uh, hit our uh, regular general budget giving uh, as well. And I just can't say thank you uh, enough. And that's because we were all a part of that. And um, you prayed about it. And man, that just, it was God working through you, working through your heart, working through you to build God's kingdom here on earth. And it makes for a, uh, uh, just a happy pastor. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, hey, today we are kicking off a new series as we enter into the new year um, uh, called Count On It. Uh, and we're, over the next six weeks, I just thought it would be good as we come into the new year to look at some of these key promises God gives us in his word. These, these promises that can encourage but also transform our lives. The promises that God gives us, these, these are promises, church, that, that we can truly count on in our lives. Um, I noticed when, when, when you came in here, I, I kind of was observing, I didn't notice one person check out their chair before they sat down in it. You just kind of came down and, 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 and sat down and didn't even think about whether that chair was going to hold you up or not. You just kind of plopped yourself down. Even after all the holiday feasting, you just came in, you sat down. Friends, that's called faith. That's called faith that the chair was just going to hold you up. I didn't see any of you check in and examining the bolts, making sure it was going to hold you up. You just came, you trusted, you sat down. In the same way, when it comes to the promises of God, do you realize we can come to the promises of God like that? That we can come to them, we can sit down in them, we can trust that they are going to hold us up. Joshua 21, 45, this was God talking uh, to, to, to Israel, okay? Um, and he says this, he says, it's not, not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Okay, every one of them was fulfilled. And, 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 and there had been some, many promises at this point in Israel's history, but man, I got to tell you, where we're standing today, 
So many more promises have been given to the church. So many more promises have been given to you in Christ Jesus. And just as God was faithful then, we can trust that God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We can sit down in the promises and trust that every one of his promises will be fulfilled in our lives as well. However, there is a catch. There are conditions that come with the promises of God. That's just a reality, friends. Every promise in the Bible, if you look at them, come with a condition of some sort. Even salvation, even eternal life comes with the condition of what? Putting your trust in Jesus Christ and the work he accomplished for you on the cross and through his death, burial, and resurrection, friends. Putting our faith in that. There's a condition that even comes with salvation. And that's true of every promise. If we're going to experience the promises, we've got to meet the conditions that come with that. Um, I don't know if you've ever had like a drink or something like that and, and, and you, you, you took a sip, but it just, it didn't taste right. I was at the gas station with a friend one time. He's like, you got to try this drink. You got to try it with some kind of tea, like an Arnold Palmer type tea. I usually don't do teas. He talked me into it. I buy it, take off the top, take a sip. I'm like, it was, it was disgusting. It tasted watery. It was bitter. Like that tea taste. I was like, this doesn't taste right. And then I noticed something. It says it right there on the label. What? Shake well. There's a condition. you got to shake it up. I shook it. Now all of a sudden I'm tasting the lemon. I'm tasting the sugar. I'm tasting what the drink was supposed to taste like. Friends, I, what if in 2022 we shook it up a little bit? So we could start to experience the promises that God has for all of our lives so that we can experience the Christian life God has called us into. Friends, it's a blessed life. It's a blessed life, but there are conditions if we're going to experience it the way God intends. Okay, and so this morning, the first promise I thought, man, the first promise we should kick off the year with is the promise of God's wisdom. Anybody need a little wisdom today? Anybody facing a decision they need a little wisdom with, a relationship they need a little wisdom with? I remember many years ago here at the church, um, somebody here at the church kind of got into a little trouble. They, they ruffled some feathers by something they said. And I knew I was going to have to go and talk with this person about it. It wasn't like something we immediately thought would happen again, but it's like we got to have a conversation, one of those crucial conversations. On the other hand, I was somewhat friends, okay, with this person, and I just knew. You ever had that in your gut where you just know if you have that crucial conversation, it's not going to go well? No matter how gracious you are, no matter how, you know, tactful you try to be, you know it's going to be strained and it's going to strain the relationship. You ever had a situation like that? And I, so I knew, I'm like, on one hand, I need to talk to this person. There was pressure on me to talk to this person. But on the other hand, I knew it was going to damage our relationship. Uh, so what did I do? I copped out and had Pastor Josh deal with it, okay? Um, that's, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I prayed, and I asked God for wisdom. And I bet some of you are here today, and you have situations, complex, complicated situations or decisions that need to be made where many things are being weighed, and I bet you could use some supernatural wisdom in, in your life. If you are a parent here today, you need some wisdom. Moms and dads need lots 
and lots of wisdom to help shepherd their children's heart and navigate uh, this, this world, lead our kids through this world that we find ourselves in today. Uh, married couples, hey, you, need, you need wisdom. It takes, it, takes, it takes wisdom to have a good marriage. Yes, it does. Can't just think you're going to go into it being foolish. You, you need wisdom. We need wisdom when it comes to all kinds of things in life, work situations, health situations. We all need wisdom. Okay? Now, what comes to mind when you think about wisdom? I think we got a picture here. For some of you, you think about this person. Let's see if we got a... Who is that? Albert Einstein, right? That's who some of us think about. You must be the smartest guy in the room. It's the person who has knowledge. It's the person who understands how the universe works. But that's not really wisdom. To be a wise person, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. To be wise, you, you don't have to have edu- a ton of education. You just don't. There's a lot of people. We are the most educated people ever in today's society and here in the U.S. And yet there's a lot of foolishness. You don't have to be the most educated. You don't have to be the most smart person to have wisdom because we see there's a lot of people who they know a lot about the world that they live in, but they don't know how to live in the world that they live in. Wisdom teaches us what to do with that knowledge. How about this person? I wonder if this comes to mind for some of you. Who is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think it's the, it's the guru, right? It's the spiritual guru, the person who sits at the top of the mountain. And the, sometimes we think that that's, that's wisdom, that that's the wise person. And I've even, even in the church, we can sometimes think it's the most devout person or sometimes the most spiritual person. You could think that's the person who has wisdom, but not necessarily uh, I remember someone here at the church um, who got upset about some strange things. I mean, everyone I talked to was like, that's kind of strange what this person's getting upset about. And so we started making some phone calls and actually calling up people who knew this person. And what we found out was this person had many, many strained relationships here at the church, but also outside of the church and their family, even in their immediate family, strained relationships. And it was one of those people who just thought, well, this is what the Bible says. This is truth. But let me tell you something. Sometimes you can be right and you can be very, very wrong. And the church has been guilty of that. We can be very right and we can be very, very wrong in the way we go about that truth. In the way we go about communicating that truth. In the way we go about helping others to see that truth. And we can get ourselves into trouble. And then what we do, sadly, is then we go, well, it's the gospel. The gospel is offensive. No, sometimes it's just you. And that's the truth. And Christians, unfortunately, have a reputation of sometimes just being foolish. But look what Jesus said. Does Jesus want us to be foolish? No. He says this in Matthew 10, 16. He says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes. That word shrewd there means wise. Be wise as snakes and as innocent as doves. 
snake there, by the way, what is he referring back to? He's referring back to the serpent in the garden who was crafty. He's saying we need to understand how the enemy thinks. We need to understand how human nature works and how human defenses work if we're going to be effective in our ministry. It's not the guru who sins at the top of the mountain, okay? So this is the first question I want to answer today. And I have a few questions I'm going to talk about. Here's the first question, though. What is wisdom? I need to answer that just to make sure we all understand. And as I did some research and I studied it and really tried to boil this down to something we could, we could all, uh, I don't just get a handle on, here's what I really think. I think this is the simplest way to put it. I think this is what it comes down to. Wisdom is simply God's perspective. That's what wisdom is. It's simply put, it's just, it's God's perspective on life. It's God's perspective on daily living and on the decisions you make. That's what wisdom is. Uh, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says this, for my thoughts, this is God talking, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. He's saying, I'm, I'm different. I think different. I have a different perspective, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay? God has a heavenly perspective. He has the big perspective. He sees what you and I cannot see. I can tell you, uh, being a lead pastor these last two years have certainly been the most challenging two years of, of leading um, uh, that I've ever experienced. And I've heard that from many other pastors as we've been in this pandemic, trying to lead. And one of the reasons for that is everyone has had a different perspective. So many different perspectives out there. If you don't believe me, you should just check my email sometime. So many different perspectives. But perspectives... Man, they can be, they can be dangerous. They're, they're not necessarily, they don't always tell the whole uh, story, right? Because when you have a perspective, it's because you're standing in a certain vantage point. But it doesn't mean you see everything. You're seeing things from your vantage point. While there might be someone over here with a different situation, different circumstance, grew up in a different family, different challenges. And from their vantage point, they see a different Perspective. I think sports can give us a good illustration uh, about how sometimes off perspectives can be. Like, I know most of you here today are probably Vikings fans, right? I would venture to guess most of you are Vikings fans. Some of you here, and I don't think it's a small group, some, some of you, maybe even a larger group than we realize, are Packer fans. Hey, I heard, I'm hearing it right there. I mean, that's how gracious of a church we are, friends. We allow Packer fans in this place. Jesus said the workers are few, reach the lost, right? I just... Here's where I'm standing from. I can understand how you could be a Vikings fan. You grew up in Minnesota, right? Grew up with uh, maybe watching football with dad. And you... I can understand how you become a Packers fan. Maybe you grew up in Wisconsin or your parents did, and so they instilled that in you, and that's what your family's rooting for growing up. Is anybody in here a Detroit Lions fan? Wow! Wow! That hand went up. We have people in here who are rooting and love, and I mean passionate about the Detroit Lions. I mean, they did beat the Vikings, so you got to give them that. <laughs> got to give you that. But 
I mean the Detroit Lions? <laughs> I mean, that just shows us how ingrained perspectives can get in us. Can it? It has to do with where you grew up. It has to do with your family, maybe what city you're from, or something just struck you early in life that made you a fan of a team. And you can have this vantage point over here. You can have this vantage point over here. And you have this vantage point over here. And really, if you're a Vikings fan, you don't really care what Packers fans think. You don't care what Lions fans think. If you're a Lions fan, you probably don't care so much what the Vikings think or the Packers. Because we all have different perspectives. And when I stop and think about that, how we all have these different perspectives, even Lions fans, I mean, that they exist. (laughs) It makes me realize I don't really care so much what people's perspectives are. If I can say it, Grace, I don't really care what your perspective is, and I don't really care what my perspective is, and you shouldn't really care what my opinion or my perspective is. What matters is God's perspective because he has the heavenly vantage point, and he sees What you and I cannot see, which leads to this question, why do I want God's perspective? Why do I want God's perspective? Okay, Uh, so like this past summer, my family, we were up north and we were headed down 35. And um, we we hit some traffic, um, I don't know, maybe the Cambridge area, maybe something like that, maybe a little farther north. And it was stopped. I mean, we like, we weren't moving. And that's happened before where you get through these towns, you get through these cities, and sometimes the traffic gets congested, construction, whatnot. But we weren't moving. So we actually eventually went to like our phone and went to like one of the map programs and said, how, you know, what's the quickest way to get home? And it started taking us west. It started taking us through these uh, county roads and, and, and these, you know, middle of nowhere out in the, out in the country, places we'd never been before. And we're driving, and it's telling us, take a left turn here, take a right turn here, you know. Uh, and we're, like, on dirt roads at some point. And it eventually leads us over to this county road and takes us all the way over to 169. I don't know if it took us, what, a half hour, 45 minutes, but eventually took us all the way across um, to 169. So we get home, and we're like, that's interesting. I mean, halfway through, we were starting to go, where is this taking us? We thought it was just going to reconnect us back to 35. So Danielle zooms out. And you know, sometimes you can see that red line it shows you, like where the traffic is bad. That red line went all the way down almost into the like cities, not quite the cities, but, but into the northern suburbs. We realized that if we had stayed on 35, we would have been sitting in traffic, no kidding, for hours. The people who stayed on 35, they were trapped there for hours. We had 30, 45 minutes to reroute to get to somewhere else so we could get home. It just makes me realize, like, in the same way, like, God sees what you and I can't see. And what he wants to do is help direct our lives so that we experience the greatest outcome possible for our lives. God wants to help you live out your plan, your destiny, what he has called you to do in the most effective way possible. In fact, you could just say this, God wants to help you make the best decisions that lead to the greatest outcomes in your life. Why do I need God's perspective? Why do I need his wisdom? It's because God's going to help me make the best decisions possible that lead to the greatest outcomes possible in my life. 
And I got to tell you, friends, God has led me. When I have relied on him and asked for his perspective, he has led my life so very well. Okay, so how do we get this wisdom? How do you get this wisdom? Yes, James says that we can pray and we can ask for wisdom. This comes from James 1, 5 through 7. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he says, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. There's the promise. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So what James is telling us, the promise here, is we can go to God, we can ask him for wisdom, and we do that with faith, believing and trusting that he's going to do that, God will start to drop his perspective on us. He's going to start to give you perspective. But here's what you need to know. He's going to use resources to do that. This is not the matrix where he's just going to necessarily download it into your brain and you're going to necessarily know what to do. It's not the matrix. By the way, I heard the new matrix isn't that good. I don't know if anyone saw it. Is that true? No? That's what I've heard. But this is not the matrix. God is going to want to use a means. He's going to want to use resources in your life. And so let me give you a few of the resources. As we begin 2022, here's some resources God might want to give you to start teaching you his perspective so you can live a wise life. First, this is pretty obvious. Should be. It's God's word. Okay? It's the Bible. God wants to use his word to teach you his perspective. I remember when I first became a Christian, I started opening up God's word and it was life-giving, friends. It, it was alive. It was active for me. And one of the first things I realized is this, is this does not come from the world. It was such a sharp perspective. It was such a different perspective than anything I had heard. And this did not come from man. This did not come from the world. God's word teaches us God's perspective on life. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, we continue that Isaiah 55 passage. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seeds for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. Now, I want you to notice a couple things there. Did you notice what God's word was compared to? It was compared to rain and snow. And what do both rain and snow do? They water the earth. But they take on different, they're different forms. They water the earth differently. Rain waters the earth instantly. When it rains, the earth instantly gets gets that water. Snow is different. Snow, it sits there and it takes time for it to melt. Right here in Minnesota, it'll be about another six months and it'll start melting. And at that time comes spring, usually early summer, it melts and it waters the earth. God's words like that in our life. We read it And sometimes it's going to be instant, and it's going to give you instant advice, 
and you're going to know what to do in a given situation. Other times, it's going to be like snow, and it's going to sit there. This is why we love our Awana ministry here at Edinburgh Church, where we're teaching kids to store up the word of God in their heart. It might just be snow right now, but at some point, at some time in their life, a situation is going to arise, and that snow is going to melt and give that child what they need. And God's word works like that in our hearts as well. So practically, what do we need to be doing? Let me give you just a couple things. First, we need to be reading scripture daily. I just want to encourage this. As we kick off 2022, could we be a church that gets into God's word on a daily basis? I mean, friends, even if it was just one verse, you're saying, where do I start? I'd maybe encourage you, book of Proverbs. Supplement that, which, by the way, Proverbs is all about wisdom. We have a whole book in the Bible to teach us how to be wise. I would encourage you to supplement it, though, with maybe one of the Gospels, like the book of John, okay? But could we, could we get into God's word and let it start shaping our perspective, whether it's going to be rain or snow that sits there, so that when the time is right, we know what to do and how to make wise decisions. Can we do that, church? I want to encourage us to read Scripture daily. Secondly, we need to hear Scripture taught weekly. Okay, you, you, we, this, is, this is one of the commands of the Bible. There's the command that we need to be preaching and teaching the word. We need people in our lives who spend the week studying the word of God so that we can be taught and we can hear the word of God through our pastors and in our leaders and those who are gifted to do so. And so I want to encourage you also as we, we kick up this new year, try to commit yourself to, to being here, listening online at least, as much as you can so that you can take in the word of God. The word of God will give you God's perspective on life. But it's not just the word of God. The next thing, resource that God might want to use in your life, or I should say wants to use in your life, is the Holy Spirit. God wants to use the Holy Spirit in your life. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11 says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit here, it searches all things. Even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? It's talking about God's spirit. It knows the thoughts of God. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So if we're going to know God's perspective, we need the Holy Spirit to come into our lives to fill us and teach us what God's thoughts are. The Holy Spirit is a very personal Thing, a very personable thing in, in our lives that wants to come in because God knows that your situation is unique. No one's situation is the same. God knows that, and only God knows what you're going through. Only God knows what you're battling. Only God knows what you're dealing with. So you need the Spirit to come in and give you wisdom, give you God's perspective in that unique situation you find yourself in. I told you in the beginning of the message that I had a situation where I needed to talk to someone. But I also knew that it was going to strain our relationship if I did. So I, I, went, to, I went to God. I just said, God, I need some wisdom what to do here. And I'm telling you, I, 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 the Holy Spirit gave me a word. The Holy Spirit gave me what I needed to do. I heard the Spirit say, you do need to talk to that person but you need to wait. And so I waited about three months. And I realized in hindsight, 
man, God led me so well in that, that decision. Why? Because three months later, the emotions had simmered down. And so the defenses weren't as high. And rather than get defensive and walk away, now I could have that conversation in a more objective, emotion-free environment where that person was able to receive it and hear it and learn. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us wisdom by your spirit. I never would have thought of that. I never would have come up with that in my own strength. And isn't that what we say, church? We want to be a church that lives beyond our own abilities. Part of what we mean by that is we want to be a church that has the, the, the God's perspective, the supernatural ability, supernatural wisdom leading and guiding our lives. Now, you might say, how do I hear from the Spirit? How do I know? And like, maybe it's something you could just start doing this year. Just start asking God questions. And then you have to stop talking and listen. Try it. God, should I do this? God, how should I handle that situation? And then what you do is you stop talking and you open up your heart and you listen. Now, if you ever hear anything that goes against God's word, you know instantly it's not of God. That might be your own emotion talking. That might be your own desires talking. But friends, I'm telling you, it is messy and it does take practice, but it is a pursuit worth starting. Maybe in 2022, for some of you, you start asking God to speak to you. Hear the deep thoughts that come from God. Might help you. Okay, but let me, I'll give you last one, just real quick. Uh, we also need Christian counsel. We're not supposed to live in a vacuum. God wants to work through other believers in our life to give us wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 15, says, plans fail for what? Lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. So uh, you know, <laughs> I can think of many times in my life I made mistakes that would have been avoided had I simply asked other people what I should do. You know, something I love about that James passage, did you catch that? He gives us this promise that God will give us wisdom, but did you catch that he said God will give it generously to you? And that he will give it without fault. Did you catch that? It says he'll give it without fault. And if you come in here today and maybe you're like, yeah, I need some wisdom. I've blown it. I've made some foolish decisions. I've made some mistakes. Or I just, I know I'm not perfect. Maybe some of you came in today and you thought, man, I might get struck by a lightning bolt coming into church. That's not God's heart. God says, come to me, and I will give you wisdom without finding fault. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty 28, 30 says, come to me. This is Jesus talking. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I want you to underline that. Learn from me. Jesus is saying, you can come to me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me be the leader of your life. Let me start teaching you my perspective. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. What does he mean by rest there? That we don't do anything? 
stop doing anything for the Lord, stop having to do anything in church? Is that, no, he means I'm going to help you find your way. I'm going to help you find the path of peace if you will come to me and start learning from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, if you're needing some wisdom today, the good news is you can come to Jesus and start asking and learning for the wisdom he might give you through his word, give you through his spirit, or give you through Christian community. But I'm telling you, if you're here today saying, I need some wisdom, you want God's perspective. You want to come to Jesus and ask him for it. So we're going to do that right now. We're going to pray and we're going to ask Jesus to give us some supernatural, divine wisdom as we enter into the new year. We know he wants us to make the best decisions that lead to the greatest outcomes. That's he is for you, church. That's what I wanted you to hear today. He is for you. He is not against you. And if you come to him <laughs> saying, Jesus, I'm ready to learn, he's not going to find any fault with you. So we come to you, Jesus, today. Thank you that your arms are open. Thank you that you are a God whose heart is gentle and humble. Maybe some of us have blown it recently. Maybe some of us had made some mistakes. Maybe some of us are steeped in some sin right now that we're struggling with and we don't know how to get out. God, first off, we want to just say we're sorry for that. We repent of that. We turn from that from the ways of the world, and now we turn to you, Jesus. And say, Lord, we're not perfect, but I need your help. <laughs> Shape my heart, transform my heart, teach my heart. Give me your perspective on life. And Jesus, we're gonna trust, just as we sat in these seats this morning and they held us up, that you will give us your wisdom, that we can sit in this promise and know that you will lead our lives well. It doesn't matter how old we are today. It doesn't matter how many mistakes we've made. We can come to you, Jesus, and know that your promise will come to pass in our life and that the day we stand in front of you, we will be able to look back and go, wow, Jesus, you led my life so well. So pour your spirit out on us today, oh Lord. May we stand in it, may we rest in it, and may we see the good that comes from your perspective. We ask this in your name and all God's people said, amen.